At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, it's Holden Vicent. Big show coming up today here on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. My thoughts on Major League Baseball and the work stoppage here, and really what that means for Colorado Rocky fans and baseball fans in general. Also, what we learned from the Broncos at the Combine, which is underway in Indianapolis. Talk a little Nuggets hosting OKC tonight and an Avs recap. Plus, if you want to get my thoughts on college basketball, that will be after our two guests at the end of the show. Of course, it's Wednesday, so Ian St. Clair with PlayColorado.com. We're going to talk Avs. We're going to talk everything I just talked about, plus... Boy, is business booming for the sports books here in Colorado. People love betting in the state of Colorado. The sixth biggest handle in all of the land. Plus, Mark Springer, our Avs insider, joins me to talk a little bit about the Avs win last night and where they go going forward. But let's start with baseball. The good news is there's no April games with snow here in Colorado. So we'll get rid of some of those really cold weather games. The bad news is... There's no baseball, and there might not be baseball in the beautiful month of May. And as I have continued to say, I set the over-under for the start date, April 14th and a half. And I think I'm going to have to push it back now. I think at this point, we might be nearing a May start to the 2022 season, okay? And this is topic number one in the front range for the four biggest stories on the front range. Now, the first two series for all teams are canceled. And what does that mean for the Rockies? Well, <laughs> they had some really tough, tough games. They were going to start the season at LA against the Dodgers. And then they were going down to San Diego to take on the Padres. So actually, you know, maybe it takes away a few more losses, but other series that could be canceled if baseball doesn't play in the month of April the Cubs series, the Rangers series, the Reds, and there are seven games against the Philadelphia Phillies, seven uh, home and away. So likely no Bryce Harper in Coors Field. So we're missing out. You know, the Cubs are rebuilding, Rangers rebuilding, trying to get better. Uh, Reds, but that Dodgers Padres, it wasn't here at Coors anyways, but still stinks. Uh, that we're just not going to have some baseball to talk about and some baseball to bet. I love betting baseball. And I'll have bets for you just about every time I do this show, if and when baseball decides to pick things back up. Now, the fans do always seem to come back. All right. They, at some point in time, they come back. And let me use myself as an example here. Um, so 1994-95, I get it. Some of you that are listening weren't even born when that – work stoppage happened what was that 27 years ago already and I was so and baseball was my favorite sport at the time and I was so frustrated so frustrated with major league baseball that I watched one game in 1995 when they started things up missed the whole world series the game in 95 I watched was Cal Ripken breaking Lou Gehrig's consecutive games played schedule 
didn't watch the World Series that year. 1996, didn't watch a single regular season game. Not one of them. And I, I take that back. I started working um, in the business at the University of Kansas. So I went to a couple of Kansas City Royal games. So maybe I went to two games, didn't watch any on TV until the World Series when the Yankees beat the Atlanta Braves four games to two. And then in 1997, I didn't watch any baseball either until the World Series. Um, my grandfather, just such a, he, he really taught me about sports. And uh, he and I went back and forth and kind of started watching things again. And then by 1998, the home run chase came back. We had roids and it brought us all back. My question is, what's going to bring us back to the game this time? Uh, are they going to let everybody juice so that we have 80, 90 home runs a season because the players are a lot bigger and stronger now uh, without juice. So I think that's an interesting thing to look at here. How are the fans going to come back? You diehard baseball fans are coming back. I have to come back because of my business, but I'm telling you right now, uh, if I were not working in the betting industry, I don't think I would watch baseball this year. It'd be completely off my mind. I just find other things to do, hang out with my family. Uh, and my girlfriend some more. But here's what I think happens. I think at some point, a lot of players are just losing too much money. And the owners know this. And those players probably cave. And the owners want that. They want the players going up against each other. They want the guys that want to make their money again, that, that are not losing hundreds of thousands of dollars a day or tens of thousands of dollars a day. And there's some of those. And then there's the other ones that say, no, the best thing for the union is just to hold on and wait. Uh, also, I, I mentioned this yesterday. April is the month that the owners can punt. Bad weather, lowest attendance. If there is a month that is the easiest just to amputate, the month of April is that month. And in Denver, listen, the team has been abysmal enough to where I'm not sure how relevant baseball was to begin with. It just seems like the Rockies fan base already fed up after the Arenado trade. And Coors Field is more of a place just to hang out during the summer and on nice days. I mean, it's, if you haven't been to other ballparks and you just go casually to Coors Field, it is truly one of the greatest ballparks in the land. I mean, I put it up there in the top five. Absolutely gorgeous place. I don't think people in Denver really realize sometimes how lucky we are uh, to have Coors Field. So, again, uh, it's not like the Rockies had the town a buzz. They weren't in the playoff race. It's been a few years since that, but – it could be dead here, absolutely dead, with the exception of people going and just checking out the games because Coors Field is so gorgeous. All right, that's number one of the front range four. Let's go to number two. What did I learn from the Broncos press conferences at the Combine? Let's start with George Payton because there's a new sheriff in town for your number two. And remember, Elway is kind of gone from even consulting for the most part. George Payton, general manager on QB measurables. I love this. I think height, as we've learned, there's some QBs that aren't over six feet who are dynamic. When I got into the league first, everyone wanted a six foot five QB, right? Who could really throw. It didn't matter if they moved. Well, the league has changed. Hmm. That sounds like a complete 180 from the John Elway era where he drafted a couple of quarterbacks because they were tall and they ended up being awful. Um, Drew Locke being one of them. There have been just five quarterbacks who measured at 6'7 or taller in the combine since 2000, and the Broncos drafted two of those seven. More from George Payton. We do have Drew Locke under contract. We have Rippon, 
but there's no stone unturned to find that guy because we need to play better out of the quarterback position. So we're going to be aggressive. We want the best guy. We don't care if he comes in free agency, draft a trade. We're going to exhaust all options to get the best guy for the Broncos. Okay. So once again, um, you've got Aaron Rodgers out there. And the reports, at least the feeling, is that it really is trending toward him going back to, Den- uh, to Green Bay. And Green Bay is not going to let Devontae Adams go. And one more ride. So two more, two straight off seasons here in Denver where we said, oh, Aaron Rodgers is coming. He's not coming. Hmm. I'm not saying it's dead yet, but it doesn't look good. Then you had Nathaniel Hackett, what he wants in the quarterback position coming up this year. Most importantly, they have to be tough mentally and physically. Then you look at the physical aspect of it, being able to take hits during a season. Well, I'm looking at Teddy Bridgewater there because I thought there's some other things Hackett went on to say where Bridgewater would be in the mix, but he has been banged up quite a bit. That being said, Uh, Hackett went on to say the ability to call and understand a long play call and understand different defenses. I think Teddy's okay at that. Accuracy, if you're lucky, you get an athletic guy too. I mean, they're going to run a modified West Coast system. So I I still think Teddy Bridgewater would be a fit. It's obviously not what Hackett probably wants to do going in. He wants Aaron Rodgers. He wants one of those big quarterbacks. But I just think there's a lot of smoke out there and, and no fire. It's all about, yeah, Wilson wants out and Kyler wants out and Rodgers wants out. And I think if I had to do a three-player parlay right now, all those guys staying with their current teams, uh, I think that would pay off pretty handily. So that'll be interesting. Uh, One other thing that I wanted to talk about was Melvin Gordon because the front office kind of left the door open for a Melvin Gordon return. And it's good for real life football, not good for fantasy football players, but it is really good for the Broncos because I don't need to see Javante at 300 touches a game. Maybe if this team is in the hunt to be a playoff team and they want to run them into the ground toward the end of the season, fine. But you don't need these rookies sitting there touching the ball a thousand times in their first three seasons. And then you see their bodies fall apart. And we've seen with all the touches with Christian McCaffrey, he's just, he just can't take it. The best running backs in the league, they still get run into the ground, no matter how big they are. There, there's some anomalies. There's some guys that don't get injured very often, but they're very few and far between. I hope he's back. I hope Melvin Gordon's back. He helps on the ground. He blocks. Yeah, he's good in a passing game. He's a good presence, and I hope Melvin Gordon is back. By the way, by the way, I want to say this. It's very interesting. Um, Packers GM Brian Gutenhurst said he received trade offers, or said, has he? He was asked, has he received trade offers? He said, no, not at all, not at all, not a single person. Uh, I don't know about that. I, actually, I don't buy it whatsoever. It seems as though a lot of teams uh, have been inquiring about it, but maybe they didn't give him a call. Maybe it was an email instead. Who the hell knows? All right, let's move on to the Nuggets. Ooh, la la. Yeah, they got a game coming up here tonight, but the good news, Michael Porter Jr. is headed to the G League. He's getting ready for his return later this month, unless he suffers a setback. And I don't think it really matters if he starts or come off, comes off the bench when he returns. He's likely going to have limited minutes to help avoid another issue. And either he starts and pushes a good player to the bench or he comes off the bench. The bench gets better no matter what. He's either in the starting position, someone goes down there, or or he's on the bench. I have a hard time thinking they're going to bring him off the bench. Um, But then you look at the bench now, the additions of Cousins and Forbes and possibly MPJ. We'll see if 
Uh, Murray can come back too and put another good body down to the bench. And one of the weakest spots in the NBA, the Nuggets bench, all of a sudden looks like it's pretty darn good. This is the front range four. This is number three with the Nuggets here. Nuggets host an OKC tonight. 13-point favorites, minus 1,115 on the money line, minus 1,115. You have to put down $111.50 to win a buck. That's not good. Uh, I, I would not do that. I would not do that at all. Jokic, uh, 48 and a half points, rebounds, and assists is another bet to look at. He's gone over that in five of ten games. I just don't know if it's a blowout if he plays enough tonight for that to happen. Two teams split the first two meetings of the season. OKC is horrible. Uh, the Nuggets, on the other hand, three and a half games behind Utah for fourth place. They played fewer home games uh, than the Jazz. They've, they're on a six-game win streak. I mean, Denver's bench, again, is starting to come together. So that's good to see. Denver has covered seven times in the last nine games. They're 29-32 and 32 against the spread. So they were awful against the spread. And now on this win streak, they're really picking things up, at least for us betters, if you're backing Denver. That doesn't mean I want to back any team at 13 points, though. If you're going to bet this game, try to bet it live and get a better number somewhere in single digits, nine, nine and a half. And if it doesn't work out, there's other Nuggets games that we can all bet on. Thunder, horrible, lost 8-10. They hit into Wednesday with a 10-21 and record on the road, and they're without Andrew Wiggins, one of their best players. SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, their best player, if you want to check him out. Thunder also have the worst offense in the NBA. They're scoring 101.8 points per game. They are brutal. Okay, front range four. Number four, let's talk Avs again. Mark Springer. Altitude 92.5 does the post game between the pipes. He's our abs insider here on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. And last night, Burkowski hit the go ahead or, or scored the go ahead goal with 12.48 to go in the third. Gabe Landeskog had tied it. And it's the 18th come from behind victory for the abs this season. I told my boy Springer, I said, go take the abs on the puck line tonight. He's like, eh, the Islanders always kill me. Well, they, they got it. 5-3. They got the job done. They won on the puck line. Uh, Colorado, 40, 10, and 4. Four straight wins, 23-3-2 and home. 23 wins, three losses, two overtime losses, at home, 39 wins, 3-3 three and three since March 10th, 2021. Absolutely amazing. Up next for Colorado uh, at Arizona on Thursday. Up next for the CityCast, Ian St. Clair. PlayColorado.com. We're going to check out what's going on in Ian's world. And again, Springer will join me. And if you want to get my thoughts on CSU heading into the Mountain West Tournament or CU, uh, with one game left in the Pac-12, uh, before the Pac-12 tournament, you can go toward the end of the show, and I'll be talking about that there. But St. Clair, next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. 
For more real-time relevant sports betting news and information, listen to VEASAN in Denver on Altitude Sports 950. VEASAN, the sports betting network, is on the air in Denver. Listen to relevant real-time sports betting news and information on Denver's Altitude Sports 950. Follow the money, a numbers game, Lombardi line, my guys in the desert, the nightcap, and much, much more from VEASAN. The Sports Betting Network, on the air in Denver, on Altitude Sports 950. Hey, welcome back to the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Holding with VEASAN, Ian St. Clair. Every Wednesday, he is nice enough to spend his time with me and talk about PlayColorado.com and talk about how so much money is being bet on the NBA because we got the January handle. We're going to talk baseball, how uh, it might be dead from a betting standpoint. I actually was already on the, on the way down. Maybe some abs and some nuggets, too. I'm sure we'll have the time and some Broncos. Hello, Mr. St. Clair. Lots going on. Football season's over. And look at that. We still have a ton to bet on. Right? And that's what people always say in, in a new market or – like a year or two, they're like, well, what am I going to do now without the NFL? Because obviously the NFL mm -hmm. is the driver, but especially in Colorado, the NBA is the driver. And it's just phenomenal what we're seeing from sports bettors in Colorado when it comes to the NBA. But yeah, I mean, the weather's nice. We're gearing up for the end of Panda Watch with Aaron Rodgers. And mm. as you said, baseball is dead and not just from a betting perspective. And the Avs keep rolling along well let's look here i'm going to read from playcolorado.com your article okay um or or maybe zach writes it one of you guys it's written by staff so whatever um we had our first half a billion dollar wagering month from what i understand mr st Clair. um i don't understand why the nba is so big betting since three quarters of our audience cannot watch the nuggets or does not watch the nuggets, but obviously big bucks coming in. And so we compare the NFL playoffs and the NBA for the month of January took more of a handle. Right. And by the way, for those of you that don't understand what handle is, that's just the, the amount of money coming in, not the bets or anything, the amount of money coming in. So talk to me, man, what's up with this? Well, as you mentioned, it was the first half a billion dollar month since Colorado launched legal sports betting in May of 2020. And to put that in perspective, it was 574 million for the month. Only New York, New Jersey, Nevada, and Pennsylvania have had higher numbers in January than Colorado. Now, obviously, Illinois will probably top that. So it'll still be in what the top five, top six. That's incredible. Because Colorado just topped Michigan. Michigan is usually a little bit higher up in terms of the barometer when you're measuring how different markets are doing. I mentioned on the show last week that Indiana was a good gauge for what Colorado will look like. I did not see this coming. And I've been following this since May of 2020. I did not see 574 million where you're in the conversation with New York, New Jersey, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. And then you mentioned the NBA and the NFL. As a whole, pro basketball generated 163.6 million in bets. The NFL took in 144.1. Now that's still a lot. That's both of them are huge numbers. But you when you look at the NFL, those were 
some of the best playoff games that we have ever seen. When you take away the wild card weekend, and that was the day that we, that was the weekend where we had that extra Monday night game. Bad games, but still. But then you get into divisional weekend, you get into championship weekend. And I, that might be a part of it where there, there weren't as many games. And then with the NBA, it's just, it's what people bet. I think a lot of it has to do with not just the amount of games, but parlay betting. NBA is huge for parlay betting. And I think that's one of the reasons that the NBA is so popular. Mm. I, like football is still king, right? We still oh, yeah. though, but it, did, did the handle for football come in a little lower than they thought, or it's more that the handle for basketball came in higher? What's interesting is there are more games in December. The number in January was actually higher than December. And I think part of that is the playoff games. I think that that was a huge interest because we still had those two extra games because uh-huh. you had week 17 for the NFL. So the fact that January was up over December, I think indicates that there was interest in the playoffs. It wasn't huge. It was only about 8 million more than December, uh-huh. but <laughs> the, the difference in NBA, it jumped from 125.5 million in December to 163.6 in January. I, that's just that is a that, that's just a massive jump. And then college basketball was 63.1. College basketball, as you know, is another popular sport to bet on. Let me ask you a quick question. We're getting into March Madness and all that stuff. Is it possible that college basketball passes pro basketball and ends up somewhere around 175 million in the month of March? Or is that just too crazy to even comprehend? I, I think it could get close to 100 million in March. Okay. I don't think it's going to come close to the NBA just because, especially in Colorado, you don't have those prop bets on the players. So that limits the amount of betting interest as opposed to the NBA, where regardless of the sports book that you go to, you can find props and parlays for basically anything. Uh-huh. Whereas in college basketball, there are no props because you can't bet on an individual performance in college sports. So I think that's going to be what limits it there. That doesn't mean there isn't going to be interest because there will be, I think it could, it could hit a hundred million. I don't think it's going to come close to the NBA though. Fascinating. So we still had a little college football with the bowls that was winding down. 16 million tennis, ice hockey, soccer is in there. Um, Wow. Ice hockey is just so far behind. It's like NFL, NBA, and then college basketball in that mid tier. And then ice hockey at 24.7 million is right there with tennis. Tennis is big. Uh, Soccer is, is ping pong done table tennis, or is it just out now? It was eight. And that's the lowest that I've seen it. I, I think since, the launch of COVID when this market launched with no sports going on. So I, I, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see now that the NFL is gone, what that number looks like in February. I think it's still going to be in the top 10, whether or not it's, it, it, it brings in like 10 million upwards of 13 million in some months. I don't know if it's going to continue to do that, but I, I thought that at some point it was going to die off and it hasn't. So we'll see if this is a trend now where it's underneath some of these other sports or if it bumps back up in February. 
Fascinating. It, it really is. And it's great to see sports betting just taking off. Uh, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And hopefully it'll continue. And it will. It'll just continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I really do hope people are gambling responsibly, but it just absolutely. seems like a lot of times it's not. But then, and I'm, I'm glad, and I'm not to cut yeah. you off, but I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because March is problem gambling, problem gambling awareness month, Good. run by the National Council on Problem Gambling, and it's it's just a way to to highlight the importance of doing it responsibly, having limits, knowing your limits, whether it's in terms of financial or time on whatever app that you use, and you mentioned the Colorado market, and I think the aside from table tennis and NBA, the big number to come out from January was the 1.5 million in state taxes, which is the second most all time. And obviously it's not going to get anywhere near New York, which has that 51% tax number. But the fact that it's starting to get over the million dollar threshold and and get 1.5 million, I think is another sign of the maturity of the market. We're starting to see some of these promos starting to wear off and we're starting to see the market mature a little bit more. And as I've said before, tax dollars, the more tax dollars it goes in that comes into the state, the more that goes back to Colorado water. Mm, fascinating stuff here. Fascinating. And then that's, just, that's the great cause. I mean, we're going to need the water. So let's keep going. Let's keep betting. Um, Unfortunately, most people lose. I'm going to see the sports books just get their asses kicked. So that would be nice. Even my friends at Bet Rivers, uh, I, I root against the books. I root for us. That's who I'm rooting for. But there's a reason why they're in business. There's a reason why they make a ton of money. And there's a reason why there's a ton of tax dollars because they seem to do very well. Just one more quick thing on baseball here. I'm, I'm going to get to baseball. Like, is it is the handle when it comes back? Where was it before the lockout last year? And do you see it like dropping to the soccer tennis tier below hockey? I love betting baseball, but I know I'm in the minority because even before last year, I talked to a lot of betters and they're like, yeah, it's not as big as the NBA. And really it's kind of on the same level as hockey. So I think baseball betting, oof, that's going to take a hit too, isn't it? Oh, it'll absolutely take a hit. And baseball is usually around hockey. So if we look at October, which would have been the playoffs. It would have been the world series. It got 37.3 million. That's good for the month of September over 68 million. What? Yeah. For September and then 69 million in August, 61 million in July, 54 million in June. So, So real quick. This it would be the fourth biggest sport then, NFL, college, NFL, NBA, college football, and then baseball and college basketball is what it sounds like. Yes, hockey has never gotten anywhere near that. Hockey yeah. is usually, I mean, even even okay. in the run of the Stanley Cup playoffs, it was fifteen point four million just here in the state. I feel yes, like if you just go in to Colorado, big, yeah, big baseball towns like New York is just going even with the lockout. They're they're baseball town. So I can yeah. see New York just going crazy. But here in Colorado, everybody's pissed off at Monford already. The team stinks. What are you going to do? Seriously, just wait on the people that move here from L.A. to bet on the Dodgers, basically. Right. <laughs> and, and I wonder how – I'd love to know the, the breakdown of those numbers. Like, because uh, you mentioned Dodgers fans. There's a lot of freaking Cubs fans in this city, Cardinals fans. There are – Giants fans. I went to a, a, a Rockies Giants game last year for the Larry Walker induction ceremony into the Ring of Fame 
and it was swarmed by Giants fans. So I, I'd be curious to see the breakdown of, you know, obviously we wouldn't know where they came from or if they moved here, but the teams they're betting on and the interest in it, because I can't imagine there's a ton of interest in the Rockies. No, there <laughs> should not be a ton of interest in the Rockies. Uh, where's the interest on the abs? Let's get into the abs here for a minute. All right. And then we'll talk about the baseball thing. I'm sure you got some thoughts on your mind too, but as far as the abs go, here they go again. I mean, they're back on a roll again. They beat the, they covered the puck line last night against the Islanders. Every time they play, I see you on Twitter. It's just so exciting. This is so much fun for the avalanche. Like, what do you expect the interest to be when the Stanley cup playoffs come along and the avalanche are making a deep run? Like, does the NHL move up? Not into, I wouldn't say not into NBA territory, but maybe college basketball territory, you know, 40, 50, 60 million, or is I, that I think, a little too aggressive? I, I think about 40 to 50 is about the max I, I would expect for the National Hockey League. And in terms of the Avs, you mentioned they covered the puck line last night against the New York Islanders. They also came back trailing. They are losing three to two heading into the third period. So it's their 18th come from behind win. And that shows a team that regardless of what's going on, they never lose confidence, which is huge for the Stanley Cup playoffs because you have to be able to overcome adversity in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I think in terms of the excitement for this team, I think it's going to be cautious optimism because of how the season has finished the last three years, losing to the Nashville Predators, losing to the Dallas Stars, losing to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. They want to see this team finally get over that uh -huh. semifinal round and make it to the conference finals. If that happens, you're going to see excitement like you haven't seen since 2000, 2001, when they went on that mission 16 W run with Ray Bork. And I, I, that's the key to all of this. And then what does Joe Sackick do? We've talked about some of the moves that he could make on previous shows. We're getting closer to the trade deadline now that we're in March. Does he make the deal for Claude Giroux? Because I think if he does that, that is going to make them the Stanley Cup favorite because you bring him in, not just his leadership, not just his scoring, but what he can do on faceoffs. He's the number three guy in the National Hockey League in faceoffs. If you can add him to this roster, the Avs have never been a good faceoff percentage team. They've never won a vast majority of the, of the faceoffs that they have. If you get the guy who's number three in the league and add him to this roster, when you're in a key faceoff in your own zone, throw Claude Giroux out there, and you, it, it, he's probably going to win that faceoff and give you an advantage to get the puck out of the net and – limit any potential damage. And then does Bowen Byram come back from his concussion problems? Does Sackick maybe add another defenseman? But th that's all the key. That's, that's leading up to can they finally clear the hurdle and get to the Western Conference Finals? Okay, so we've got that taken care of. Let's move on to baseball. And I just want to get your thoughts on that because I've, I, I said earlier in the show, I was around for the 94-95 work stoppage. I watched Cal Ripken Jr.'s game in 95, the only game I watched. Didn't watch the playoffs or anything else. 96, probably went to a couple of games. Uh, didn't watch anything till the World Series. 97, same thing. It took steroids to get it back, to get me back. So I don't know what baseball, what kind of controversy or excitement they can create, but boy, it's, uh, this is devastating. And the owners just don't give a damn. They just, they really don't. They just 
don't give a damn. They know that in the long run, fans are going to come back. But I don't know if they know how much the people really hate them right now. Like they are enemy number one in sports. Absolutely. And they are the worst owners in professional sports. They do not care about the game of baseball. They do not care about the fans. They do not care about the product. They do not care about the concessions workers who work in their stadiums who are going to now be out of a paycheck. They do not care about anything or anyone but the bottom line. That is the only thing they care about. And I think the other thing that they care about is breaking the union. I think that is one of the huge credos for this ownership group and Rob Manford is to break the union. They don't want to have anything to do with a player's union. They just want to break it. They don't care how it happens. They just want it to happen. And it, it goes back to the bottom line. And there is an interesting tweet on Tuesday that basically laid it down to eight owners who couldn't care less about baseball, the fans, their cities are winning games. And it broke it down to the Pirates, Orioles, Garden, Guardians, Marlins, A's, Rockies, Tigers, Royals, Twins, D-backs. Because those eight owners can veto any agreement. And that's why this is happening. You have eight owners who are vetoing anything and everything. And I, I don't know if people are going to go back because I, I, I don't think there is an interest in baseball like it was in 94 because I, I, baseball was still the national pastime. You could still make that argument leading into the strike of 94. Now you have social media. You have the, I mean, the internet was in its early stages at that point. You, if you wanted to get on, you had to dial, you had to use dial up. And if someone called you, it broke it up. So it, now we have so many different avenues, so many different ways for people to watch sports and people just don't care about baseball. And this is going to be what drives them away even more. And the owners, they just don't care. They do not care. It's all about money. Yep, they, they really don't. It's just absolutely amazing how they continue to beat themselves up. I, the kids these days, the kids sound so old, they don't realize that America really was, uh, the, the national pastime in America really was baseball at one point. Yeah, I, I know the NFL got higher TV ratings, but everybody talked about baseball. And yep. dead. And it, I, and it I, really is. Right Jeff now. Passan, I think, is just incredible because he is an insider who does not care who he ticks off. And he has said, he wrote it, you can't have baseball without baseball players. You can get any 31 business owners to take over for the current ownership and nothing would fall off. And that's what owners just refuse to, to see. They do not matter in any of this. You could get any billionaire to come in and take their spot and nothing would change. But if you change out the baseball, the, the, take away the players, there's no game. And I, I, it just, it, it's maddening to me because I grew up watching baseball. I grew up playing baseball. I mean, I, it's all, I grew up watching Harry Carey who had to, because we didn't have the Rockies in the eighties. So you listen to drunk Harry Carey, and then he would go away for the third to, to, to four, the to third to sixth innings and come back for the seventh. And he was completely wasted. And then he would sing, take me out to the ball game and almost fall out of the press box every game at Wrigley field. It, it just, it, it's sad to me because I, I think none of the owners, most, almost all of them were not around for the 94 strike. 
So they don't know history. They don't care about history. They don't care about baseball. They don't care about what they're doing to the game of baseball. And that's where we are. Look at you. Just passionate. I love it. Two things from what you just said. Jeff Passan did his first ever radio show with me. That's the first thing. Yeah. He did his first ever radio show with me. And then Harry Carey used to live uh, less than a block from me. And I, I, went, I was just talking to my dad about this, how he came out of the, his limo just completely sloshed. <laughs> he was in his 80s at the time. I was like, Harry, he's like, you know, he couldn't understand. Hi. What he was saying. Yeah. Hi. Do you have a good Harry Carey? Just watching Will Ferrell. I mean, uh-huh. his so Harry your Carey impersonation is Will Ferrell doing yeah. the Harry Carey impersonation. But I grew up watching Harry Carey with Steve Stone and calling him Shane or Shane. whatever. <laughs> Come on, Shane. We got to go out and watch the Cubs. Yeah, I want to say hi to Dolores in Iowa. <laughs> it's her birthday today. That is, yeah, you're just doing Will, Will Ferrell at this point. <laughs> It's a very good Will Ferrell impersonation, though. I, I appreciate that. Anything else going on? You interested in college hoops? You interested in some nuggets? What else is going on in the sports world in your world? What else I think is on your mind? The nuggets are a very interesting because we've gotten word that come the playoffs, they could get Jamal Murray and Michael mm. Porter Jr. back. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, they could go on a deep run. If if they, I, I, I think the big if on this is can they get a couple of games before the playoffs? Can they try to get back into basketball shape? And I get it. If you're in shape, you're in shape. But there's a difference between being in shape and being in basketball shape. Can they get a couple of games in to get back into the rhythm, get used to playing with Jokic again, get, get some of these other guys into the swing of things, get up to speed, because if that happens, this can be a deep. This can be a team that can surprise people and make a deep run. And then college ba- basketball, it's going to be very interesting to see where Wyoming and Colorado State end up in the March Madness pairings. Where how what seed they get, mm-hmm. what bracket they end up, and then before that, the Mountain West Conference tourney in Las Vegas. Because you also have Boise State, you have San Diego State. Who wins? the Mountain West Conference tournament and gives themselves some momentum heading in to the national basketball tournament. Yeah, I'm going back. I actually, in, in a little while on the show, I was going to talk about this because I get, Wyoming's kind of not playing great base, basketball toward the end of the year. And I think they're headed for a nine or a 10 seed, just depending on what they can do in the tournament. CSU should be an eight seed. If they can figure out a way to run through the tournament, I could see them being a six or a seven. So Boise is the favorite. Uh, then San Diego State has been playing some great basketball right in there. Which isn't a surprise because they're, I mean, they're, they're the driver of Mountain West basketball. And, and they have been for, yeah. what, 15, 20 years or however yeah. long the Mountain West has been around. Yep. And then the, as far as the Nuggets go, yeah, I mean, there is definitely some optimism here. But Porter's coming back soon, sooner than later. They already sent him to the G League. But the interesting one's going to be Murray. Because by the end of the month, they have five games in the month of March or in the month of April before the playoffs. So he's got to get back later this month or they're going to really be working him back into the mix come playoff time. So it's got to happen this month. I think Porter's within the next two, three weeks. Most, if we don't hear anything on Jamal in the next three weeks, then I got a hard time thinking he'll be ready for the playoffs to really do any legitimate damage. 
Yeah, because you really don't want him getting up to speed in the playoffs. You'd like to get that out of the way with those five games mm-hmm. in April. At least you'd at least like to have him have even more than five games just so that he can get back used to playing basketball at the NBA level with that kind of speed, physicality, uh, and, and all that. He just he needs to be calloused by the time the playoffs start. Calloused, you say. Okay, listen, I really, really love it. You know, one of my favorite articles anywhere is the uh, the monthly handle report. You sent me the copy of it. I'm like, nope, I already read it. Yep. <laughs> I just love it so much. Make sure you follow Play Colorado on uh, Twitter, but break it down once again, Ian, so everybody could check out this stuff. It's just great. It's a great site. Yep, playcolorado.com is your one-stop shop for news, analysis, columns, features, to help make you a safer and smarter, better. And you can follow play Colorado at Colorado underscore play. You can follow me at Ian St. Clair. I also do Broncos stuff for milehighreport.com. And that's just, it, it's an, it's a fun time. It's a fun time for, for Colorado, for Colorado sports fans. And then hopefully eventually maybe we can end this cronky Comcast dispute. I mean, I'm just shaking my head. No, let's, let's just not, let's just not. It's the bane of our existence at this point. Illegally stream things. Don't do it. Wink, wink. Okay, buddy. You take care of yourself. Always good to talk with you, Ian. Thanks, Holden. You got it. Ian St. Clair next on the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Mark Springer, altitude 92.5. Avs postgame. He joins me to talk some halves, some avs, and then at the end of the show, some college hoops talk. That's next. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. As promised, Mark Springer. He is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers, Abs Insider, and uh, he joins me once again. And this time, after another Avalanche win, I don't think you've have you ever been on the show? You've only done it four or five times, but I don't think we've ever talked after an Avalanche loss. It's like uh, seeing a Yeti. It just it doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't think so. In fact, last night with that win, the Avs tied fastest in NHL history to 40 wins. So we're witnessing history here, Holden, or at least uh, uh, tied for history. We're witnessing. So we're betting them. um, But let me ask you about the fan base in general. Like everybody's excited about this, but is there just no sight on living in the now, right? It's just all about the second conference and then the conference finals and the Stanley cup. It's like, no one even, they're happy they're winning, but no one cares. Uh, I mean, I certainly feel that way. Like just get me to late April. Yeah. And it sucks that, you know, we had this Olympic break, which most of it ended up being making up COVID games. So that's why we're going to the end of April. Usually the NHL season ends early April. So we're just pushing back the inevitable for Avs fans. Like, just get us to late April. We, we're 14 points clear of the Blues and the Flames in the West. Like, this is going to be the one seed. They're 
probably going to win the President's Trophy. Uh, but who cares? They're going to be the one seed in the West. That's all that really matters. So just get us to late April. But Holden, you'd be surprised, man. There are some Avs fans that when they, you know, lost to Boston or lost to Dallas or, you know, they kind of almost lost to the Islanders last night that they, they won, though. They won by two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they almost were down four or three, if not for a, for a video review overturned goal. Uh, there are some Avs fans who overreact to so many things with this team. Like the sky is falling, guys, relax, it's okay. Uh, the Avs are in a much better position than really any team in the league. I think that's actually a good thing because that means people care. The sky is falling. People actually care. Because go look at the Rockies, like when baseball starts back up. No one's going to care. There's going to be like a 1,000 people that care. Nobody cares. And with the average, I love this. I yeah. love the, especially here in Denver, I see some baseball, some Rockies fans who are like, oh, no, not <laughs> pushing the season back a week. It's like, bro, you might have cared about opening day. And then the Rockies would have been in your rearview mirror until you go to a game when the weather's nice. Relax. Well, that's kind of what I was saying. Like, You'd, you're probably missing out on two games where there was snow at a very least another sleet game and four more games that are in the thirties and forties. So, you know, April is not a bad time to miss games. It's not no. in Colorado. No, hell dude. I'll, I'll never forget several years ago. It's like the second Monday in April, I turn on ESPN for a Mets Marlins game at city field, freezing cold. Nobody was okay. there. At City Field, nobody was there. <laughs> so I think we're good. Well, I mean, it's like that at course too. You go opening day, and then there's like ten thousand people. They're all under blankets, you know. Maybe ten thousand people. They're all under blankets. But you know, I'm so frustrated with baseball. It just stinks. Now there's going to be more time to watch uh, hockey then, because now you, you screw it. There's no you can watch playoff hockey. If you're going to watch baseball, you might as well just flip on playoff hockey if you never have, because it's absolutely amazing. Uh, let's go back to the abs though, right? Um, in the puck line, betting the puck line. Now for people that don't know what the puck line is, you got the money line, which is just a team winning straight up where the avalanche are off. They're, they're you know, between what, minus 175 and like minus 800. They're so good that the odds of betting them on the money line most of the time do not make sense. You got the total, then you got the puck line where if you're the favorite, you got to win by at least two goals. And if you're the dog, you got to lose by uh, a goal or less right i mean i guess that's the way it works so talk to me here uh with the puck line and betting the puck line it's not an easy thing too right because so many times it is decided by an empty net goal at the end and that's what happened last night again yeah that's what happened last night and you know on thursday in fact this afternoon the abs are flying to phoenix um and they'll play the coyotes tomorrow night they'll be in phoenix but i mean we saw the coyotes actually come into denver and beat them about a month ago. That ended like all their point streaks. They're actually not their point streaks because they lost in overtime, I think, but it lost, it killed their uh, double digit win streak. And then previously before that, hold on, this is when I tweeted out that I bet the abs like minus 600 on the money line. Well, it's a good thing I did. They only won by one against Arizona. So that's the thing about the puck line, you know, you, teams that get hot and get go on these win and point streaks a lot of times even against a weaker team it takes an overtime win and you're not hitting that puck line if it goes to overtime but think about the abs right now or a team like that if you want the value on you know betting the the entirety of the game then you're kind of forced to go with the puck line 
uh, and, you know, hope that you get that, that empty netter late. Or, you know, a lot of times it doesn't come down to an empty netter. A team will just boat race another team. Um, you know, I do like to – I know that you're probably against this, Holden, but I do like to parlay favorites. Like, I will use the abs as a juice pick. And especially sometimes just as a fan, as someone who's watching the game, who's going to watch the abs either way, just throw them as a juice pick and a parlay. They're probably going to win. Uh, you know, if you bet them with another decent favorite, it gets you to plus money. So you, so you can do that. It's also weird that with the Avs, it's come to the point that I've noticed where if they're not at least minus 350 on the money line, I actually think that's not the best sign for the Avs. They're so good really? that they need to be like minus 400 plus for me to look at it and be like, oh, they're definitely winning tonight. I mean, a loss they had to Dallas recently, they were only, I say only, like minus 275 on the money line. And I looked at that and I was like, hmm, hmm, (laughs) that's low for this Avs team. And sure enough, they lost. They're that good that they're at the point where they seriously need to be like minus 400 for you to look at that team and say, yep, they're definitely winning tonight. Yeah. That that's amazing. Forty wins in fifty four games. Yeah, they tied it for the best what uh, forty win start in the NHL as you were talking about. Jack Johnson last night, thousand thousand games. That's good. You had Burakovsky uh, back on the second line. You, you had a lot of fun stuff going on, and McKinnon getting the team on the board early. But yeah, we we're just talking about betting. Um, you would want to see them at minus four hundred so you could parlay them. I don't know if that's the worst bet. To, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think that's the worst bet if you're pairing it with a favorite that you really think is going to win. But if you're just mm-hmm. like, okay, who's the biggest favorite tonight? And you throw it in there without research, that what is a, it's a bad bet. You know, you betting a money line at minus 600 three times a year is fine. If you're doing it every single night, it's asinine. Although mm-hmm. with the avalanche, you probably plus money, right? They've just been so damn good. You might actually be plus money if you're betting minus 600s with the avalanche. I'm still not doing it though out of principle. <laughs> We'll see what they are tomorrow in Arizona. I mean, yeah, so that's why if you want, you know, if you – because, you know, when you parlay it with another favorite, then you're bringing another play into play, and that could bite you. Uh, So you might as well just, you know, say screw it with the abs and go with the the puck line. Go with the minus one and a half. Um, And it's probably going to hit. It probably is. I've just been bitten by overtime so many times Mm -hmm. uh, that to me – I like to spread it out a little bit, uh, find something else that I like. Like, for example, tonight, the Maple Leafs are huge favorites over the Sabres, and their puck line at minus one and a half is up to, like, minus 165. So all indications are they're probably going to cover that. They're probably going to win by more than one. But, you know, you can also take that money line and parlay it with, like, Nashville, who's minus 170 or so at the Kraken tonight, you know? Now, not, neither of those are any sort of a guarantee, but they're smart, safe picks, right? You know, Toronto to beat Buffalo and Nashville to beat Seattle. Like, you know, you're probably going to bet that late Nashville game anyway, so why not throw that Leafs money line in there and, you know, just make it all plus money? Because I'd, I'd imagine that gets you to around even money if, you know, probably right around that. Yeah. I, I, every, hey, listen, everybody has the ways that they attack betting. Um, I just continually say this. You're betting minus six, seven, eight hundreds every single game. I, I just don't see how in the long run you're going to be profitable, but maybe it works out for you. No, you have term. to. You, you have to pair it with you things that are closer to even money. You have to or it will take you forever to make money 
or inevitably one of those minus 600s is going to lose. And depending on how you're putting your, yep. your, your bankroll on that, you're either going to go broke eventually or you're just going to take the slowest crawl ever to making money. Hey, talk to me real quick about the abs lines, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about the game tomorrow night real quick too. Burakovsky, McKinnon, Rantanen, Landis, God, Kadri, Newhook. Um, how did these lines change? Do you think as we get closer to the playoffs or into the playoffs? Are those set in stone? What are we looking at here? No, nothing is ever set in stone. Yeah. Um, I think that the reason for putting Andre Burakovsky up with Rantanen and McKinnon was to try to get Andre Burakovsky going. He had gone. 17 straight games without a goal uh, and then they moved him up there and I think the game before he got hot he got a he had a nice play a nice defensive play to get an assist and now he scored in three straight games uh, but he is one of those players where even though he had scored he had not gone uh, 17 games with a goal he still had 14 goals on the season which was actually pretty respectable so it goes to show that this guy is your classic streaky player if he gets hot he can score almost every game and he scores in beautiful ways, but he'll also go ice cold for you sometimes. It's amazing yeah. how some guys are like that. And it seems like he's getting hot right now. Now I just want everybody to get red hot at the end of April. Um, but right now you got a hot Burakovsky on an abs team going to Arizona on Thursday. So yeah, you look at that one and a half or you, I mean, that's going to be minus 175 again-ish on the minus one and a half. You might have to go all the way up to minus two or minus two and a half. The puck line might be 175. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's look at what, uh, Toronto and Buffalo tonight. I mean, that's a minus 160 wow. uh, puck line. So, I mean, with Burakovsky playing the way he is, Nathan McKinnon is getting hot again right now. So, I, I know that Arizona, they just beat the Golden Knights at home mm -hmm. uh, in Arizona. A, a few days ago, but still, uh, I, I mean, the Avs should take care of business. What's really going to be interesting is Saturday night when they play the Calgary Flames. That's going to be one of those kind of, okay, Western Conference tests of, of where do the Flames stand, really. Did they, this just as a personal question here, did they practice at the South Suburban Center on Saturdays before Saturday games? I feel like they have skate arounds there, right? They have skate arounds at the family sports in Centennial. Yeah. 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 So I'm always up there with my kids. They have ice skating lessons up there and I want to go check out a practice. So maybe that's something to do on Saturday, right? Yeah, we'll call the avalanche. We'll see what's going on there. <laughs> it has, nothing, right has nothing to do with you and don't think about having kids for many, many, many years. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy what's going on in your life. Uh, okay. So I like that, man. And then as far as player props, I want to talk about player props. Um, scoring goals goal scorers assists is there anything that you bet there or do you just bet games because i feel I'm like cadre you're a game guy because i feel like yeah, if you did cadre assists for the first half of the season you probably made a lot of money you, you probably did yeah and i'm sure a lot of people did that it's just i have the unmagic touch with that i'll take miko ranton in any anytime goal scorer and i should have gone with mckinnon right like it's just i, I with these player props it's always I just do not have the magic touch with that. So I'm more of a game guy, you know, let me benefit from a JT comfort goal that I never saw coming. You know, that's what I like to do. That's what I like to put my, where I like to put my eggs in the said basket. So I'm, I'm a game guy. I really have no advice on, you know, man, I'm just feeling a Kale McCarr assist tonight. I'm telling you it's coming. I mean, probably, but I don't know. 
I've watched enough hockey where I've seen some weird dudes put up some weird point numbers in some weird games. Springer, plug everything you're doing, dude. You're doing a great job. Uh, between the pipes after every Avs game. If you're in Denver, we're going to be at Nola Jane Bar downtown after Saturday's Flames game. Uh, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. You can hear me sporadically across that station. Wonderful. Mark Springer at Mark A. Mark on the Twitter machine. Some final thoughts on college basketball for me next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. All right, thanks again to Mark Springer. Talk a little abs, a little abs betting here. I want to wrap up the show with college basketball because, you know, I'm big into college basketball betting. And uh, we got some games coming up this weekend. If the lines are out on Friday, I'm going to get you a bet on CSU as they got the game coming up against Boise. And I'll also try and get you a CU bet against Utah. But here we go. Boise beating Nevada last night. And that's it. The plus 800 on Colorado State winning the Mountain West Conference is dead. Uh, Boise won the Mountain West outright. So it's CSU and Boise Saturday in Fort Collins. I still like to see the Rams win that and have a little bit more momentum heading into the Mountain West Tournament. Now, Joe Lunardi has CSU as an eight seed in the West. So they would be in the 8-9 game, according to Lenardi right now. This Everything's going to change. but And the winner of that 8-9 game would face Gonzaga. Interesting. I, I don't think CSU would have too much success against Gonzaga just because that's a longer, more athletic team. But I wonder if CSU could hang in there and Roddy and Stewart and the guys can just beat them up a little bit. But that would be interesting. I hope they don't face Gonzaga in the uh, second round. And what I really hope is that they can run through the Mountain West Conference Tournament, maybe win as, as high of a six seed, a six or a seven. That just takes you out of having to face the number one seed in the second round. Um, so Mountain West Conference, according to Lenardi, gets those four bids. The Pac-12 would have just three. Uh, Boise, he has as an eight. Wyoming as a nine. San Diego State is in the last four in. So really, San Diego State has to win a couple of games in the Mountain West Tournament. I think a minimum of two. It is a wide-open tournament, though. You got Boise, CSU, San Diego State. The team's most often coming up when I handicap the conference tournament, and there you go. You know, that's the favorites. Boise State, plus 250. They've won seven of eight with the only loss at Colorado State. San Diego State won seven of eight, plus 350. And the Rams plus 450 to win the tournament. In Vegas, they have won seven of eight after losses to UNLV and Wyoming. Look at that. Boise, San Diego State, and CSU all have won seven of their last eight games. You've got some hot teams coming into this tournament. And CSU, again, at plus 450 to win the tournament. If I am correct... That line, let's see here, they went from plus 600 down to plus 450. Wow. Wow. That is, a, that is a huge jump. So a lot of money coming in on CSU to win the tournament. 
Um, then there's Colorado, the Buffs, 19 and 10, 11 and 8 in the Pac-12. They take on Utah. They're at Utah on Saturday. And if they win that game and Oregon loses one of their last two games, the Buffs are top four seed in the Pac-12. They'll get a bye. And they are 40 to one to win the Pac-12 tournament. I'm not going to take them. They're way too mercurial. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if they won a couple of games there. But basically, if for them to get into the NCAA tournament, they have to win the Pac-12 tournament. I just don't see any other way of it happening with the exception of maybe beating the top two seeds, maybe taking Arizona out, maybe taking UCLA out and getting to the final. There might be a shot of them getting in, but it is a long, long shot to say the least. Okay, thanks uh, to everybody. Ian St. Clair for hopping on. Thanks to baseball for being big enough jabronis to making me get upset about that. Mark Springer for talking some abs and breaking down how he bets hockey. And of course, to our producer, Stephen Young, who's just terrific behind the scenes. Follow me on Twitter, at Holden Radio. And thank you very much for checking out the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. <laughs>